Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Good Pods, or even the YouTube channel where you also get quick take reviews. And that is uh, especially beneficial for uh, something like the Atlanta Film Festival, today's subject where I will have several quick take reviews of movies that I've seen virtually over the festival. And uh, that's that's a good place to just automatically get all that stuff, as well as any podcasts and interviews that I have as well. You can also check us out at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. And that is a great repository, especially for film festivals. Because if you are a subscriber, you know that I cover short film blocks, do short film reviews there uh, that are associated with film festivals, and you can check that out at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema, as well as series such as Life Soundtrack for the Easy Riders Raging Bulls, and Leaving the Collection, where I go through a movie in my uh, collection one last time and decide whether, why I'm wanting to say goodbye to it. Uh, you'll be getting a few extras of each of those this month because of how I didn't get to the full amount in April, but I hope you enjoy it anyway. So I had a longer than usual uh, experience at the 2023 Atlanta Film Festival. This is my fifth year covering it. And um, while the film festival itself ran the requisite 10, 11 days um, from Thursday through the second Sunday, mine was a bit longer. And a big part of that is because of a work-life balance that was a struggle throughout the festival. I wasn't able to get to as much from the virtual catalog during that one full week that the festival was going on as I usually try to. But that being said, I did get to pretty much everything that I uh, wanted to and hoped to and planned to. Um, there were a couple of things, and we'll talk about those uh, right off the bat. Namely, a couple of uh, documentaries, Judy Bloom Forever and Being Married, Tyler Moore. Both of those are going to be on streaming in the uh, month of May, and I will be reviewing those and writing about those for In Their Own League. So I hope you check that out. And there's a couple of other things from the festival forum over at In Their Own League, including my review for the film Wilder Than Her, as well as my favorites of the fest when it comes to women and uh, people of color making films for the film festival. Some of the uh, films that I didn't get to see because they were in person only are uh, Scarlet and Final Cut, which were that first uh, Sunday of the festival, and then Passages, which was the... uh, Saturday, and actually that last Sunday of the festival, but that last Sunday, I could have gone downtown, but I really wanted to take it easy that day and uh, spend some time at home. This was an interesting film festival for a lot of reasons, 
in terms of content. And I talked about it in my wrap-up log of the film festival over at Sonic Cinema. And that's because of the fact that there's a lot, there was a lot of emphasis on genre this year when it came to a lot of the big films. And there were some really lovely choices that were big big movies throughout the festival. You look at Polite Society, which was the opening night, and it's basically an action comedy. And uh, it, was, it was an entertaining movie, terrific performances. And uh, then you look at Master Gardener, the new Paul Schrader film, which is uh, very much a thriller. You have a psychological drama in Sanctuary with Christopher Abbott and Margaret Qualley. But I am a fan of the smaller films when it comes to genre. I think you know this about me by now. Um, and one of the things I love about the Atlanta Film Festival is they have, they have a lot of gems that I tend to love as the film festival goes on. You've no doubt already heard me talk to director Jeff Marshlett about uh, Quantum Cowboys. That was the last episode of the podcast. And then I talked to uh, George Kuzulinski, uh, the director of Red Earth, that's also on the podcast, as well as Brian Lolano, who did the short film content, The Lo-Fi Man. Uh, I love talking with all three of those people. And one of the things that was so great about those discussions is the fact that a, I enjoyed those films very much. I love those films very much. But the thing that was so great about those conversations is because of the fact that they weren't just the mandated by PR, oh, you've got like 10, 15 minutes or so. We, we went for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, almost an hour talking about film, talking about those particular films. And it was just a wonderful discussion. And I, I, I talked about it in the wrap-up blog, but I love that they really seem, those, all of those discussions really seem to be representative of the film festival itself, which I, I think really does a terrific job of talking, of really focusing in on connectivity between people. I, I think that's an important ethos of the film festival, and even things like Quantum Cowboys, Red Earth, uh, Content, The Lo-Fi Man, and the films I mentioned earlier, Sanctuary, Master Gardener, Polite, Polite Society, they all have that idea in place, but they just go through genre and game there, and it's really a fascinating way of seeing storytelling unfold. And um, it's, it's really a uh, wonderful experience to see some of these films and see the ways that this, uh, the, the ways that this festival continues to adapt and go into different directions while ultimately staying the same. And I, I think that with genre, especially this year, you definitely got a picture of that. And when you got to experimental movies, and I love, I, I got to see the, I watched the experimental 
uh, short film block this year. And in addition to content, the lo-fi man, uh, one of my favorite uh, short films of the festival was what I imagined the dying fly with the broken leg was feeling. And it's, it's really kind of poignant and it's weird how um, the filmmaker is able to get into, works to get into the inner thoughts of a dying fly. And it's, it's that, that very traditional Hollywood way of anthropomorphizing uh, animals to be uh, human. human. Um, and uh, it's, it's really a, it's, it's really a lovely little short film if you get a chance to see it. It's well worth taking a look at. As far as animated films, there were some really fascinating ones in the animated block this year. Uh, Talva about a straight cat spending time with family. Um, Curioso, where a man brings his date back to his place. Clicker, which has a <clears throat> couple struggling through emotional issues, and Sprout, where a uh, an agoraphobic scientist creates a uh, companion that is plant-based, and the way that it works towards having essentially a child help their parent grow. I I really love those. Um, I I think the best one in that group, though, was Rosemary A.D., where a man is struggling with his abilities of being a father, and it's really a lovely study in catastrophic thinking. One of the bigger names of genre of films that played at the festival, though, was actually another short film in Night of the Cooters. It was one of the uh, marquee uh, one of the marquee screenings of the festival is directed by Vincent D'Onofrio, is <clears throat> produced by George R.R. R. Martin, and is from a short story from the author Howard Waldrop. And it's essentially a Western riff on War of the Worlds. And you can see a little bit, you can hear a little bit about the idea of the movie in my Q&A, part of my Q&A that I shared on Patreon from the uh, festival. And then, uh, but you would, do also get to hear in this podcast my talking to Vincent D'Onofrio and George R. R. Martin on the red carpet. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, how so, are you? Very nice to meet you. So my first question to you is, obviously we know you best from your written work. Right. What was, what was it about this particular piece of material that made you want to be involved with bringing it to the screen? Uh, Howard Waldrop, in a word. I mean, the, the author of the original short story is one of my oldest friends in the world. He's a, a genius. He's, he's done primarily short stories in his long career. Um, and uh, short stories are uh, not widely read in America. They're certainly not lucrative. But I, I was excited by the idea of helping bring Howard and his work 
to a much larger audience that would enjoy. His stories are, everyone is different from every other one. They're all really oddball and weird and quirky mixtures of pop culture and classic culture and, and they're funny and they're moving. So I bought a number of them and developed them as screenplays and then uh, we were trying to get them made and fortunately Vincent came to town right at the same time and I was able to lure him into it. But I love this story. This is a very fu- fun story and uh, I'm glad we got it on the, on the screen. When, when it comes to your work as a director, you've done a lot of genre films. What is it about genre that's made you gravitate towards that as opposed to something like straight dramas? I mean, you know, I think that eventually I'll, I'll you know, if given the chance, I'll make a contemporary drama of some kind, you know, but I, I feel like this is, a, I'm, I'm doing so much intense stuff as an actor that it's sort of a break to do kind of like sci-fi and fantasy stuff you know for um, even though some of my films as an actor are involved but my characters are usually the very intense ones and emotional ones and so um, this kind of story like like Cooters is, is you know it's, it's a fun ride for me as a director and an actor you know it's like um, I can still put, bring in a full character that I've developed but, um, you know, there's, there, you know, I'm not dying. There's nobody, you know, there's like, we're losing a couple of friends, but it's because of the, what, uh, what Howard wrote. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole different world to me. And it's, eventually I'll do a contemporary drama. Where, what was it about animation that made that feel right for this project? Well, should we, the practical aspect. Yes, um... To get it to work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's budgetary concerns and all that, but uh, this movie requires a lot of um, special effects. It has Martians and, and war machines and um, other stuff in it and explosions and all of that. And doing that live action costs more. But also, uh, Treoscope, uh, based here in Atlanta, who are partners on this, uh, is really you who brought them in, right? Yeah. Vincent brought I hadn't heard of them before. And doing it on all on green screen, seeing their technology put to work uh, was revelatory for me. So that was exciting. Yep. Thank you very much. And Thank you. I, I wanted to say, as as an actor, one of my favorite films of all time is The Whole Life. Oh, cool. Your performance of oh, as Robert E. Howard is yes. amazing. And Renee. And Renee, of course. Thank you very much. Thank you. All in all, I saw a total of 68 films at the Atlanta Film Festival, whether you're talking about short films or feature films. And this was a really strong collection of films this year. I think there were only a couple that just really did not connect with me in any way. And uh, I, t- I past few years, I've tended to use this you use this uh, podcast sort of as a way of expressing my favorites of the festival. And I, I do that a little bit on the in, on my In Their Own League one, but that's devoted also more towards uh, female filmmakers, people of color, and uh, as well as some favorite performances. <clears throat> 
but I would like to talk about some of my favorites that I saw in just various categories. I've already talked about some of my favorite genre films, Quantum Cowboys, Redder, um, Content the Lo-Fi Man. I, I can't go this entire podcast without mentioning Hundreds of Beavers, which is just a slapstick black and white comedy about a an Applejack salesman who uh, becomes a fur trapper through defeating hundreds of beavers. Uh, Mike Cheslick's film is just wildly imaginative and crazy. I I really do kind of wish I had seen that one in person. I saw that as part of the virtual catalog, but I have to imagine the audience was howling every minute of the way. It's such a crazy movie, but it's such a wonderful movie as well. There were a lot of thrillers this year, and I, I thought that was kind of interesting. There were a lot of really compelling, dramatic stories about um, people in situations where they're forced to make unexpected choices when it comes to friends, family, their careers. Uh, my last film of the film festival was Our Father the Devil uh, Ellie by Ellie Fomby. Excuse me if I mispronounced that. About an African refugee who's the head chef of a retirement home, and her life is upended with the arrival of a priest whom she believes is, uh, is a warlord from her homeland. And there's some terrific psychological aspects in that movie that really riveted me. The performances in there are fantastic. It really ended up being one of my favorite films of the festival. Uh, Wilder Than Her by Jessica Kozak, which I wrote about for In Their Own League. About three friends who go on a camping trip to try reconnect after their fourth friend has died. And the way that their friendships um, come undone as that trip goes. It's really a gripping movie and fantastic performances. The, the level of control of the suspense in that one is fantastic. Um, Sanctuary, I'm very curious what the, uh, what the reaction to that one is going to be. I, I thought Abbott and Quali were really good, but there are times where the, the script kind of gets in the way of being of the performances. I, I feel like, um, there's, there's some material, I think, in that, especially in the way that Quali's character is written, where I don't know how a lot of people are going to react to it. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation about that. But I'm looking forward to seeing it on screen, seeing it unfold as the movie goes into release. Brian Tins, uh She Watches Blindly, was a movie I saw the same night as Mar uh, Master Gardener, actually. And I, I thought it was a terrific thriller because of the fact that it it starts off as one type of movie, but it is it it goes into being a completely different movie in in general. It goes from almost being a 
supernatural thriller to being a psychological one. And I, I just love the way it balanced those elements. I, I thought it was terrific. In terms of documentaries, I, I think without doubt my favorite of the festival was um, still a Michael J. Fox movie, which is coming through Apple TV Plus this week. And it is a beautiful portrait of Fox and seeing the ways in which his career rose and then the way his career changed forever with his diagnosis of Parkinson's and the way uh, he is very public with his, the way he is very honest about himself and with himself and the way he handled his post-diagnosis was terrific in the movie, really quite moving, especially as somebody who is a big fan of uh, Michael J. Fox as far back as Family Ties. And then, uh, but my first uh, in-person screening was Dusty and Stones, which is a uh, musical duo from the African kingdom of Swaziland uh, who worked through being a country music country music duo, and when they are nominated for to compete in a uh, international battle of the bands in Texas, uh, we see their trip to America and the highs and lows that go with that, and that really Jesse Rudoy's uh, film really started the festival off on a great note for me because I, I love a big I love a good in underdog story and I think one of the things that Dusting Stones does so well is the fact that it there are times where it feels very much like a narrative musical film but you can tell the heart you can tell the authenticity of Dusting Stones as they uh as as they go through um, their time in going to Texas and the way they're treated, you you hate the way they're treated. Phenom uh, about Flaw J Johnson, I absolutely adored. Uh, seeing her build her legacy and basically manifest her life is absolutely fascinating. Um. And then I was also a big fan of 20s, which uh, basically takes place in a speakeasy in Atlanta as people share their stories of life as in 2020. And the, it's very observational and very wonderful. Um, as was This World Is Not My Own, about the life of Nellie Mae Brown Rowe who was an artist who, whose life was unexpectedly, um, who was, whose life was very much intertwined with a lot of uh, significant political moments in the history of the early 20th, 20th century. I also caught up with several terrific uh, short film blocks. They 
had th- including three documentary short film blocks. Uh, some of my favorites from there are uh, Blue, which is about family that harvests indigo dye and the ways in which climate change has impacted that business. I really was quite taken by, I don't know if you remember this, about a group of high school friends uh, looking at collective repressed memories of sexual assault in memory about the uh, star of the 1966 film Black Girl reflecting on her career, the Boston Photograph, where a 91-year-old woman tells about the time that she dated Martin Luther King Jr. And then um, some of my favorite short films were, documentary short films were Black Strings about ensemble musicians who go to the scenes of shootings and violence to help honor those who have died. And the way that that uses music and art as a way of healing is quite powerful. And I think my favorite short film of the documentary short film of the entire festival, though, was Young Kings, which looks at bike culture in Atlanta. It's it's very much got a vibe of a tone poem. It's black and white. It's very beautifully shot. And it shows how having a family, having people around you of similar-minded people, people with similar interests, can help us through life. A few other uh, short films that I love, and honestly, the the one in particular that really connected with me of the uh, narrative short films was from the Georgia block, and it's a movie called Chipper, where it's about long lost son who comes to see his father for the first time in years. And the way the emotions are played in that scene, in that moment, that that one as questions of life and death and questions of mortality and whether we should have responsibility towards helping people pass on and what is the best way for people of advanced age to live quality of life versus quantity of life. It it really, considering some of the personal things I'm going through and I have gone through this year, really hit me hard. Uh, Chipper's probably give me one of the best films I see this year. It's just a tremendous film. And I hope you get a chance to see it, whether it's at a short film block at another film festival or... If it's uh, if it's just online, you find it sometime. There's 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 a lot to take in uh, as far as the festival. I haven't I haven't covered a lot of these. I mean, I've hit basically a lot of the ones that connected with me the most in this podcast. And I don't have a whole lot of um, other interviews and stuff like that to share. I didn't have too many interviews beyond what's already been shared. Uh, so I don't really have a whole lot to say. Plus, I mean, between In Their Own League and Sonic Sim, I've already highlighted a lot of my favorites this year. And so that's kind of where this episode is going to come to an end. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Sonic Sim podcast. It's a small one, but I, I hope you write down some of the titles of these films and check them out when they become available because I, I think all of them are well worth taking a look at. 
Uh, this summer is going to be pretty wild. Uh, it's going to be pretty great. Uh, going to be playing some catch up with some of these episodes, but it's going to be a good experience. I look forward to having the conversations that I'm going to have. Uh, thank you very much for listening, whether it's Apple, YouTube, Good Pods, Spotify, Amazon, wherever. And uh, please subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Noxema. There's a lot of great content there, uh, especially from the film festivals Rangate Atlanta this year. And then, as always, check out our reviews at www.sonic-cinema.com. Thank you very much.